Welcome to Story Mode Podcast, the sexiest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jesse Munro. Tonight, I'm joined by two lads who give us that esteemed title, Joel McDonald and Broderick Gordes. Howdy. <laughs> Hello, not too bad. How not too are you bad. doing? Can we make this an <laughs> ASMR podcast? Hey, just, everyone. Hey, some people there? just want to hear the sound of a man's lisp. Um... <laughs> I feel like the show has lacked horniness in the last few weeks. So I want to kind of bring that back. It's been a you know why? Use. Bring that back. I was going to say, you know why? I haven't been here, so. You haven't been here? Mm. I'm late. I'm mm. done. Where have you been? What's new with you? Well, look, I've been moving house and dealing with life and stuff, but we're on the up and up, so. it's uh, Moving it's house, but aren't they heavy? But I'm Tish. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, not not a lot really. Apart from that, just been playing that um, game of the year pretty nonstop. And uh, and uh, how is Dredge TV? going? It's great. It's fine. It's fucking great. Hey. I'll be DLC going, coming out soon for Dredge. Yeah, exactly. I'll be going back to it. I'll be going. Hey, your boat. I'll be going back to it as well. That story DLC Project. comes out. How about you? What are you been up to? What's new? I am a bee's dick away from having uh, a baby while my animals fight in the background. Excuse me. Um, so that could happen at any moment. So just living on tender hooks at the moment. Uh, and apart from that, trying to play Tears of the Kingdom pretty much. If what happens if you need to rush to the hospital like midway through the recording? I'll say, sorry, guys, i got to go. I'm like, having a I'm baby. Like, <laughs> I'm going to keep all background sounds. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've currently got a cat fighting with a dog in the background. I'm really sorry. I can go and sort this out if you like. No, no, this is part of the ASMR, baby. Yeah, oh, saying, my God. Um, <laughs> I like yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to be really relaxed to this horny podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Midway through having a tug. And then the cat fighting in the background. And then suddenly, somebody's in a, suddenly somebody has a new kink. <laughs> Speaking of new kinks, we have a new segment of sorts. We don't really have segments on this show. We're like almost 170 episodes in. You would think by now we'd have a segment. The closest thing we have to a segment is like the intro and outro. But now we have the random question. (laughs) Yep. Well done. Landed it perfectly. The random question generator, um, which is just a rubber duck um, that's on the internet. And you click on him and he he asks you a question. And this is how we get to know more about each other. Learn about each other. Inspired podcasting. Let's go. Perhaps one day it will have a uh, a little jingle. Today is not that day. <laughs> but I, I would ask you both to, um, in, re- in reverence of this rubber, rubberized uh, duck, to give me a quack. 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 And tonight's quack. question. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is definitely not in line with the um, stupidity of the show. <laughs> oh, God. Lads. What is one of the great values that guides your life? Great <laughs> values that guides my life. Great values. Mm. I, really have, I really do suffer from a lack of morals. Yeah. So I, I feel like morals and values sort of go hand in hand. And I, oh shit. I think I think for me it's it's because of my incessant need for everyone to like me. Um, it's just don't be a dick. I think That's this is probably very good. Very good. Don't be a dick. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's done me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do host the sexiest podcast on the internet. <laughs> Ooh. That's my value. 
<laughs> be more uh, sexy. I don't have one. Yeah, values. I can think of a few different things. I don't know if these count or not. I think, like, life-wise, I think, tr- uh, yeah, it's the, it's the old adage of just, like, you know, you never know what your last day is going to be sort of situation. The idea that just remembering that you're only here for a short time, so try to make the most of it, it's a good one. And then generally just kindness is, is the other side or mm-hmm. trying to, I guess, oh, you know what? I really hate bullies. I hate- and I hate a raw deal. I hate when something is obviously unjust. So fighting for or standing up for injustice is a big one for me. And I mean that in little ways and big ways. Um, that's a big one. I was having a conversation with a friend today saying, if I was to be famous for anything, I would want to be that I punched a Nazi and the video went viral. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That'd be pretty like, cool. I'm, not, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fighter. Not, not much of a lover either. Nothing. But I'm I'm like oddly strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking deck a Nazi. That's my value in life. If you see a Nazi, you have a chance to punch him in the face. We know there's fucking a few in delicious. Melbourne. Just rock punch up to Parliament twice. House every weekend. They'll shop eventually. There's your yep. chance. Oh, yeah. Mm. When, like I was working in the city a bit. Now I'm back to working from home, which is quite nice. And yeah, you would see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just like- protesting about like lockdowns that ended like a year ago yeah. <laughs> they're an yeah. odd bunch such a strange bunch well you don't have a job you got nothing else to do i suppose yeah. protest shit I'm that doesn't is relevant great. punching nazis is a good value to- always punch nazis the indiana jones uh value it's a good one have yep. you guys seen the reviews for the new indiana jones film i have Oh boy! Oh no! No bueno! <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Is it is it Crystal Skull bad yet, or is it just not good? One of the reviews I saw said this movie will make you pine for the days of Crystal Skull. Don't say that. Don't. Which say that. is impressive. I'm looking. It, at- but it, like, Crystal Skull was bad, but not like entertaining bad. I think if if a movie is worse than that, it does get into that realm of being entertaining bad. Broderick looks like he's just sitting in a body. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull has a tomato meter rating of 77%. It is certified fresh. What, 53% what, audience score. What the fuck? What's, uh, what's this movie? There's like three <laughs> Indiana Jones movies. Oh, there's, well, there will be four. Maybe oh, four. not. Yeah, the four you know what I mean? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Holy shit. Yeah. Something should just stay dead. Like, I legitimately haven't seen- Like Harrison Ford. I haven't seen Crystal Skull, so it's- it, in my eyes, is, there's three movies, so. I'm I like Boston. the idea that Harrison Ford flew his plane into a golf course and was like on the near death and, you know, he looked into the light and he heard a voice that says, you're not, you know, your time's not over yet. Your job is incomplete. And Harrison Ford is like, yeah, you're right. I should make another fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him, but. <laughs> yep. Well. Fuck. He had shrinking to make, I guess. Very good. Oh, that's any good? It's very good. I enjoyed it. Apparently, the I best script he he's ever written, ever re- uh, read, Harrison Ford. It's great, and it he just means he, he he doesn't seem like somebody he reads the script. So <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he gets them, he, he performs them. He doesn't really get into them that much. He no, well, that's the thing with the show. He actually does. Like it's it it's one of the best things I've seen him in. He, it looks like he's actually having fun in some aspects. And it starts off as him aspects. being <laughs> well. It starts off as him as being grizzly old man, and then there are there are some other things that get added to the mix that sort of, yeah, he does a really fucking good job. And the show itself is great. It's good to see Jason Siegel sort of being 
still getting to do like serious acting, but also get to be a little bit silly Marshall again, which is fun. Um, and yeah, just I, on I, TV again. Well, that too. Yeah, it's. I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's definitely worth watching. Well, to segue into our our main topics for the day, you were just mentioning um, things that are scripted slash unscripted. Mm. Unscripted comedy can be very very funny, and I think an unscripted comedy I mentioned in passing a few weeks ago was Jury Duty. Mm. Um, Joel, you've just finished watching it. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about the show, and we're going to talk about it very carefully because we don't want to spoil it. Yeah, but it is. It up there is one of the best shows I've seen in the last few years. Joel, what was what is and or was Jury Duty, and how was your experience with it? So Jury Duty is it's 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 not really spoiling anything because I mean you sort of the, from the very get go you get the general idea of what this show is because they there is text on screen that explains what's about to happen before your eyes. So basically, Jury Duty is um it's like a documentary style show about it's like a weird like mockumentary reality show yeah thing so it's set up as like uh, the idea is it's supposed to be a um like a documentary about the life of um uh people who sit on juries uh based in america and um and like the process that they go through and it was like you know they recorded all everything that happened during a specific case that they they had uh permission to film the catch is that one person in the entire thing thinks it's real and everybody else is an actor. Including a- an actor who's actually an actor. Including an actor who's an actor. So James Marsden <laughs> is in this, uh, just putting on a fucking clinic about I how to- pick a better actor for that. Right? Absolutely. He does it so fucking well. Um because there, there's stuff that happens with with his with that version of James Marsden, um, that is like is fucking wild. Um, and yeah, so it's just, they're following the the quote unquote this jury as they go through the process of hearing out a case and deliberating and uh, reaching a verdict. But yeah, there's one person that thinks it's real. Everybody else is an actor, um, and it is some of the most fascinating TV I've ever fucking watched. Um, if you started watching the rehearsal last year and sort of bounced off because it was a bit too much. I feel like this is a good happy medium because it's not, it's not as intense as the rehearsal, especially as the rehearsal gets. Cause the rehearsal re- like gave me anxiety. Yeah. Like the last episode of that, like still haunts me. It's fucking wild, but this is, so it's by some of the um, executive producers of the U S office. Um, and it's it definitely has that feel to it. Some of the, like the little interstitials have very, very big office energy in a way. Oh, yeah. Like, um, do they do like talking heads in between? Like the cut yeah. betweens. Oh right, yeah. interesting. But they're scripted. Really, some of them are. Some of them are. Some like, of them are. The guy oh. who isn't an actor. His name. His name's um Ronald. Yeah. Ronnie. Yeah. Ronald. Yeah. Ronald. Yeah. Uh, so his his little moments aren't, and they're he's being sincere about like how weird this is getting. But then the other ones are done for laughs, the scripted moments, mm-hmm. and they they you do start to phase in and out of remembering that it's all scripted and some of it isn't. It, it's a really yeah. well done mix. I think that's what makes it so genuine. Because yes, a show like this could easily get out of control, and it takes a bit mm-hmm. of restraint to make sure that the situations you're putting Ronnie into aren't cruel. Mm-hmm. Because like. Done wrong, this would really fuck with somebody's head. 
But all the characters oh, yeah. are so well-meaning and they're, they're, they're not just played for laughs. And there's the whole thing, Ronnie theme throughout the whole show, that Ronnie is a genuinely good person. I yes. haven't watched a show that has made me believe that humans can be good mm-hmm. in the same way as Jury Judy in maybe ever. It's- he is a genuinely good person. Mm-hmm. And you do find out... At- Towards the end, you, there is kind of a behind-the-scenes episode. And you find out that they had to rewrite a bunch of stuff because they realized how genuine of a person he was. Yeah. He and was. they had to write to uh, let that play out naturally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's, and, there's like, some you see them stuff. behind the scenes, like, almost crying over some of the things he says because he, he's genuinely standing up for people. He takes the case seriously, but he also wants to protect them and make sure that they feel safe. And it's a good dude. I have a crush on Ronnie. Yeah. He's just, yeah. He just seems like such a genuinely nice guy, and considering so how much shit they throw at him is um, any yeah. Anyway, it's it's very good. Like it is such a great TV show. Um, it's an easy watch too. It's eight episodes. They're half an hour long. Like it's such an easy breezy watch. I think I watched it over two nights. Like I just yeah, barreled I'm about through the it. Same as well. Yeah, I just I heard a lot of people talking about it, and I was like, look, I'm gonna give it a go. Um, I sat down one night. I was like, I just want to watch something. I was like, I'll give the first episode a go. And I think I watched the first six <laughs> and just barreled through it. Um, and then, yeah, finished it off uh, last night. And, yeah, it is. I just had, like, a big smile on my face at the end of it. It is, like, feel-good TV. And it's just it's nice to see, even though some of it is scripted, but, like, like reality TV be doing something nice for once in a way. Um, it's so rare. But just to go back to the point as well that I think someone was saying about, it, it, I think it was you, Jesse, about it, it could be seen in the wrong hands. It could be very mean and nasty. Oh, yeah. I explained the premise to my wife, Ash, and she was like, oh, that's really mean. And I'm like, I was like, no, but apparently it's not. And then after watching it, I was like, it's really not. Like it, it is. It's so weird how like, because I had the same view. So my, my friend Cassie kept telling me to watch it. And. Because TV's become very cynical, and I've become very cynical, or more so than I usually am, you straight away assume that, okay, Ronnie's going to be the butt of the joke. Mm. Everything's going to be, how can we torture him? Because watching people get tortured and stuff like that is is somehow escapism nowadays. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not above that, so I was going to watch it regardless. <laughs> but when you start realizing, like, so there is a guy on the show who's a transhumanist. So he's a person who believes that like cybernetic enhancements on people will push human evolution to the next stage. Um, and he could easily have just been made fun of by Ronnie or been mm. kind of cruel and like or put Ronnie into like awkward situations that make him feel weird. And they kind of go for that. But then the way Ronnie reacts to him and like makes him feel safe to kind of be who he is and ask some questions and like just wants to get to know him as a person. but And also like help him become a better person. Mm-hmm. Whoa. What are the demographics of Ronnie? Because you told me he's a nice guy. I'm just interested, like, if there, if it seemed like it was setting him up for him to be making fun of these people or be the butt of the joke, is there, like, is he just, like, a mid-30s white American or is there, like, yes. what's his- Okay, that's basically it. Like, Yep, that's it. Where's yep. he from, out of interest? So, he, he is an actor. Okay. But he didn't know he was going to be He wasn't playing paid to be an actor yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to find out more stuff about it. His name's Ronald Gladden. Mm-hmm. Uh, sunny.g underscore sd on, on Instagram. Wow. And oh my God, there is a part of that Instagram in the show 
that had me in fucking tears. Yeah. Joel, you know exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. I need to find that photo. Exactly. Um, he, he, he's, he's just, uh, yeah, like a probably a late 20s, maybe early 30s, mm-hmm. white American dude. He's very tall. He seems like eight foot two. <laughs> he, he's, he's over six foot. I think it, on, on, on he's like because the show is presented like a like a mockumentary style show, so it has like titles and things like that for when they're doing those like talking heads and stuff. I think when they introduce him, it says that he's like a solar panel installer or something like that. He installs, right. yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I'm not sure. Something wild, but um, yeah. So so I just looked it up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find out more facts about him. On the Los Angeles Times, it's a story about the fact that um. Four days ago, he got caught up for legitimate real-life jury duty. Really? That's amazing. Yep. That <laughs> Imagine if that happened Have while he was that? doing pretend jury duty. Like, he gets a letter saying, guys, I can't do this jury duty. I'm already doing jury duty. Like, no, you're not. What are you talking about? Oh, wait. <laughs> the part where you have people who were trying to get out of doing the jury duty in the first episode sold the show for me so hard. So hard. And there's a part- I, in- I, I do- yeah. There's, a, there's a line. I don't want to give it too much away. What did you, what what's this available on? Is it on Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Prime. Um, which I'm sure you can find a way to get your hands on. Highly recommend. I wish I could go into more detail here without spoiling yeah. it. But yeah, some of the characters. Also, if you know what soaking is. Um, oh my God. There is one of the funniest conversations <laughs> I've seen on TV in the last year. Oh my God. It killed me. And then that scene it cuts to afterwards. Hopefully some people listening have seen the show and they know exactly what I'm talking yep. about. Yep. Yep. My word is it's, it good. It's very good. I highly recommend it. I yeah, think look. Add it to add it to your to your watch list, Brod. Maybe for it's, it's, it's on baby. there for sure. Yeah, this is a post baby. I've, mm-hmm. I've been told the thing you do do in the first three weeks or when you're like settling in is end up watching a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're sort of hibernating at home. So that uh Queer Eye is on our list as well mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. Um, I, at the moment, I just I could have started it, but I've got to get through Barry, Succession, Mrs. Maisel, The Great. There's so much happening at the moment. Um, if you can watch Queer Eye and Drew Judy with a newborn baby and have these characters imprint, you're going to have the most stylish, <laughs> well-behaved, and kind child yep. there's ever been. Yep. yep. Also, I don't, know if it, I don't know if it works this way, but they could also be very tall when they grow up. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's sure how it works. works that it's nature versus nurture. You know, this is the nurture part of it. I'm sure that works. Yeah, tallness absolutely. rubs off, right? You learn tallness? Yeah. 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 Learn behavior, um, for sure. Yeah. Now, we did bring up reality TV. And I, look, I am curious. There's, I was looking at the different categories of reality TV, and it doesn't actually split the way I kind of thought it would. Because it, it breaks down to, like, talent show, cooking. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. The way I've always seen it is there's fly-on-the-wall reality TV, and there's that pseudo-reality TV. So I'm thinking fly-on-the-walls TV would be, like, Survivor, um, Big Brother, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that pseudo reality would be American Chopper, Jury Duty, okay. stuff like that. That's I'm not the biggest reality TV show fan, so that's a judgment call made kind of from outside. I am curious to know, are there any reality shows, of, of, I guess of either genre, that have stuck with you, that you're actually genuinely a fan of? If does... Is it reality? Does RuPaul's Drag Race count? Like, that's that weird, like, you talk about Survivor being uh, a reality fly-on-the-wall show, but really it's a competition, right? That you mm. just happen to have cameras around while they're not doing the games sort of things or the challenges sort of things. Um, so, I don't know if RuPaul counts, but that's a show. I'll count it. 
Yeah, cool. Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race is, is a show I've watched a lot of now, not all of it. Um, but that I got stuck into that. So my my old co-host, Damask, on the Hunting Season podcast loves RuPaul's Drag Race and told me to watch it forever. Season five was her favorite. Um, so finally, I got around to watching, I think, during the COVID, during like one of the lockdowns in Melbourne. Mm. And as I got into it, Every, all, all like the regular watchers, basically the gay community decided it wasn't cool anymore and stopped watching it. The white, straight white guy started watching it. Everyone else stopped. So I knew <laughs> it was finally over because of me. Um, but I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of variations of it. There's the All-Stars version. There's the UK version, the Australian version, which is really average. Um, that's a show I've quite enjoyed. And it skirts the line between being like almost, I wouldn't say exploitative, but like it likes to poke fun it likes to criticize um it also likes it very, to be it very self-aware it well it's also very touching well it's it's also been just an extremely powerful tool for like bring drag into the forefront making it mainstream mm. um but also like as the show's gone on um, more and more like people who identify as maybe not just male but trans or non-binary and stuff like that uh it's it's been a very progressive show i think it's been a real like um, Trojan horse for getting some interesting issues into the mainstream like that and, and humanizing to people who yeah. might not be around, yeah. you know, not in their community or or their, you know, inner circle does not include um, a diverse range of sexualities and, and gender identifications. Um, it allows that a little bit. It's been, it's been, I think it's a pretty cool show. I also right. watched Farm Wants a Wife for some reason. Um. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, the not, whiplash from that. Not really. Oh. Ste- Ste- Steph has a weird like for it, and so I end up watching a few episodes. And then, of course, you watch a few episodes and you think it's stupid, but then you form an opinion. Did the same thing with um, Love Island, especially the first season, Australia's first season. Watched it kind of in the background because my housemates were watching it. And then, of course, I formed an opinion about who was good and who was bad. And you realize you're actually watching the show, and that's, that's annoying. That happens yeah. a lot. That's m- mostly how I watch reality TV. Yeah. Of, I, have anyone watched, watched Milf Island yet? No, I haven't watched God. Milf Island. I really I need saw, to watch it. I, I saw really it, need to watch it. I saw a commercial on Foxtel the other day for F Boy Island. Fuckboy Island? Yeah. I'm Yay. like, what the f- They've just they've just got they've just given up now, haven't they? Really, with those shows. They gave up a long time ago. I mean, but they're just being so obvious about it now. It's like, okay, sure. Um Don't I, act like you're above F Boy Island, sir. <laughs> Um, I mean, how dare you? I can't do those. I can't do those like Bachelor, Married at First Sight shit. I can't. I can't do it. I just. I don't get the appeal. Um, having said that, I do have a soft spot because I, very similar to you, bro. Like my wife loved it and and is very much into it. And through that, I sort of like Stockholm syndromed myself into it. I guess. Um, it with the block. I yeah, I've watched my fair share of the block and house rules again. Right. People are watching it. I start watching it. I start forming opinions. Oh shit, I'm watching. I'm probably watching yep. this now. Damn. Yeah, I will say the last couple of seasons of the block been rubbish. I think it's going downhill. They're focusing too much on the drama side of things now. Mm-hmm. When really we just want to see cool houses being built. But you know, whatever. Like I remember okay. that happening with Master Chef. Master Chef, the mm. first season, genuinely got into. And like, just it was just really like everyone very supportive. It was really like joyous and like celebratory and stuff like that. Just really feel good. And the mm-hmm. second season came along and everyone's crying. And I was like, Yeah, you don't have to cry in every episode. It's all about the drama now. This sucks. And I fell off. Yeah, watch it again. There's there's two um, like reality shows though that I really enjoyed. Um, and, and like 
were ones that I would, for a period of time, they would watch religiously. Um, the Amazing Race. I loved him. I would love to be on The Amazing Race. I could Especially with Mac with a water I want to do that forever. I would fucking watch the goddamn <laughs> shit out of that. Holy hell. Um, but, yeah, I love The Amazing Race. And also the original run of the Australian version of The Mole. The Mole. The mole I knew you were going to say The Mole. The Mole was so... The, the, just the first season, though. Yeah. Uh, After that, that, it, it, it lost, maybe even it lost some of the magic. It I'd say season magic. two is good. The first espionage reality show. It, it was, was so, so good. good. It was great. And, like, I just liked it as well because, like, the, like, tasks that they had to do and stuff were genuinely interesting. Like, I remember them going to, like, an abandoned shopping center and playing paintball at night. And, like, cool. or the one where they were in, like, there was, like, a house in the middle of a field and they had to, like, storm that. It was, like, wild yeah. shit like that. It was so fucking cool. I'm, like. This is great. This is just entertaining See, to watch in, by itself. Shows like that, not like this SAS bullshit, which is just like yeah, propaganda yeah, yeah. for the army. Don't give us that. Maybe yeah. don't put Chappelle Corbury into a show. I think okay. anytime you use celebrities, you've like Celebrity Big Brother, that's SAS, the um, celebrity, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, all that sort of shit. Oh, it's like, God. that's really pushing the boundaries of like reality. Everyone's in the performance. Though that's the mm-hmm. thing too. The reality television as a whole, I struggle with because it's so unreality, which I know is an obvious statement, but like, uh, I, it just seems so apparent. It's interesting watching Farm Wants a Wife because- it feels like the camera is there for about two hours a day every other day. And it's like we're right. not really seeing anything that might actually be going on. Um, and just and I, and I hate the, like, talking heads that are talking in the present tense or future tense, yeah. but were obviously recorded afterwards. Yeah. Like, that shit drives me up the wall. The things that get repeated over and over again, like you see a scene and something happens, and then you cut to two talking heads of the people saying the same thing to pat it out and make it last an hour and a half per episode. Like, the format drives me up the wall, really irritates me. And then you've just got, like, the ones that's all about, like, psychological, psychological torture, which is what I think, um, uh, how no, no, uh, Married at First Sight is. I- Ugh think the yeah. the psychologists that are attached to this show should have their license fucking removed. They should be in it jail. Is, they, it is disgusting the men they allow on this show and the way that that one, I'm sure women have been abusive as well, but like genuinely like abusive things going on in these shows. And then you put it in the mainstream and it becomes mainstream and then people who see it think it's normal. And it's- yeah. That's normal so, for a relationship yeah. rather than and then then what really annoys me though with, with those shows is when they go and Damascus made thinks this is hilarious because she's like, of course everyone knows this. We're just enjoying it anyway. But the when they do like this is an experiment, is what they say on um yeah. uh, Married at First Sight. And so part of the experiment is that then you go and hang out and have dinner with a bunch of these couples you've never met before. They're not your actual friends, but it's somehow meant to be part of the experiment of whether your marriage is working. It's like why? Oh, no, it's just because you need to create drama because yep. you need them to get drunk and start to rag on each other and create yep. drama. And all these people are just there because they have Instagram profiles and wants to be influencers anyway. Absolutely. So no, they're all there just to create a name for themselves. So it's like that shit I find really awful. Like yeah. from, from the get-go, I was always like Married at First Sight was the one that rubbed me up the wrong way the most because it came out at a time when- like, it was during the same-sex marriage vote. Yeah, same-sex yeah. marriage was not yeah. legal in Australia. So and they're like, cool. we're going to do a fucking bullshit TV show to fucking make money off 
people not knowing each other and getting married. And it was like, it seemed like such a fucking it, it, slap it in the so, face. Yeah, I, it, was, it was fucking gross when it came out. I remember that really well. Now, look, I want to get into my three reality shows. Okay. And I've just found that there is a through line between the two of them, which is beautiful. One of the shows does involve a criminal. Okay. He's a very, very, very bad person. But let's start with the light one. When you mentioned The Block before, I want to talk about uh, a little show called Changing Rooms. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, from oh, like yeah. the yep. one, one, one of the late 90s. One of the early renovation shows. Yeah. Yeah. The whole premise of this was it was like neighbors or family or friends, or whatever. They would renovate a room, a singular room in each other's house. So say Joel and I would do it. Joel, you'd come and do my bathroom and I would come and do your kitchen. Yep. And it was so funny because there was no continuity with the design like philosophies they would have in this one room throughout the rest of the house so the rest of the house is to say like really like modern and then you go into this one room and it's like all like doilies and and like bright colors <laughs> and just like the most like just horrifically like art pop <laughs> bullshit and they had to either remain family because it's hard to get rid of family remain friends good luck or the best one was neighbors because that they were going to be at a current affair one day having a lunch on. Like, <laughs> just how tense it got and uncomfortable. I loved it. But when I brought it up on, on Google just to um, discuss the show, I noticed a familiar face was on the show. And I, I, I didn't realize this. Anna Richardson. Anna Richardson's on a, on a show currently in the UK. This is a show my friend Al got me onto. It started off as very funny. And then you watch it, it's like, this is actually kind of really like, a healthy show. So in the UK, their reality shows are fucking cooked. Their media is cooked there when it comes yeah. to like sexuality. You can just have like a fucking full cock and balls on the front cover of the sun. Okay. Their TV is sort of the same. So after nine o'clock over there, you can just show fucking everything. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. There's a little show couldn't make an attraction. Yeah. Yep. Broad, have you heard or seen you would know if you've seen it. That wasn't the show I was thinking you were going to talk about, actually. I thought you were going to talk about um, that one about, like, changing bodies or whatever it is. It's like the one where they come in, they, like, they have problems with their bodies and they get, like, um, there's oh, something no, going I, on. They I get, like, plastic that. surgery and stuff like that to correct things. They used to play that at the gym. And I'm like, you could not have picked a worse show for this <laughs> <Yeah>. moment. <laughs> so, like, either it's like, you know, I'm at the gym to change my body, hopefully in a more healthy way. And you looked up by the TV and you see a fucking dick getting vivisected oh it's like God. oh why are you doing this oh, oh, it, had a, it, ha- it had a finger growing out of it or something like, like <laughs> come on this- <laughs> either keep it or shut up <laughs> no i haven't um, seen naked attractions naked yeah. attraction you have a contestant come on you have a bunch of like five or six people behind some panels and these panels the, the people are completely naked behind and these panels lift up starting from the bottom so your first thing you see is just junk and genitals okay and it, it, it would be a mixture between like men, women, non-binary people, trans people. Like it was, it was everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after each round, you would have to kick somebody off. Okay. And then it goes up a little bit more. And then it, you see them completely, but they can't talk. And then you get to speak to them. But then you have to come out naked and then you have a date. Okay. It was the only show I've ever seen that actually taught genuine like sexual health tips. Sure. And didn't sugarcoat it. Like saying, you know, go get yourself checked. You know, that's what this is. This is what a Prince Albert looks like. Stuff like that. And I'm like, this is a really healthy way to kind of explain some of these things to people. Sure. It's hosted by Anna Richardson, who 
is just love her. But she was on Changing Room. So I just found that was an interesting um, through line. It's a very, very good show. I think the first episode I watched, I just kind of spun the wheel and just chucked one on while I was working. So excuse everyone who's like working. <laughs> Mind you, I'm working from home. I didn't have it playing in the office, okay? I just had it on one screen. It's on, it's on nine now, which seems to work well on my computer. Um, it was just like, yeah, it was this old old guy. And I, from, from memory, he, he, he identified it as straight. But then when he was on the show, he's like, fuck it. I'll give it a go. And wow. he was like 50. Calvin and Tattoos, um, like, when, when he was on the show, like, he had, like, a shirt on, so you didn't know. But when he comes out naked again, Calvin Tattoos, big old, like, uh, ring through his tip of his dick. Oh. I think it passed the line of being a Prince Albert to, like, a King Albert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looked like a door knocker. <laughs> he went to date with this guy. I was like, oh, this is fucking fantastic. Now, from going from that healthy kind of show, you have a show called Gigolos. I love this show. I thought it was fantastic. It's just a bunch about a bunch of uh, real life Las Vegas gigolos and their exploits. And during the the run of the show, it was great. It's post show that some of them became genuinely bad, bad people. Right. So on the show itself, you see them like there's one guy. His name's Brace Land. He looks like a handbag. Like he's just a very leathery. If you think of a Las Vegas gigolo, he's yep. who you picture. Okay. He's kind of dumb. There is an episode where a woman asks for him to dress up as like like a mythical knight or something like that. And he misconstrues it and comes dressed as a centaur with one of his friends in the back of this like horse costume. <laughs> oh my and god. And he walks in and he's like, I am the centaur that you have asked for. And has sex with her while his mates in the back of this horse are being like, no, please stop. It's so funny. Shouldn't it? Um, shouldn't like anatomically the mate behind be the one having sex yeah. with her? Like, where does the in a centaur? Where is the penis situated? I don't think it's the front. I got to imagine it's the back half, right? Like, it's from the waist half, up. Right? Yeah. So the, it should be the it should be the horse dick. So he well, got that backwards. Is all I'm saying. Not very authentic. Braceland, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. <laughs> Criticisms. You're um, out. And then you've got like you know Nick Hawk, who went on to like try and do rap. I'm pretty sure it was him in one of the first episodes. He has to wear like a uh, like a cock cage for the. I told you this episode's gonna get sexy. He mm-hmm. had to wear a cock cage for the whole episode. <laughs> he's just gonna he was just gonna be more and more like irate because of it. Like he's like, I need to pee. <laughs> this is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad for um, your bladder too. That's not healthy. The reason I wouldn't recommend going back to the show, or maybe I think it was like maybe past season two or three. There's a a uh, put this way when you type in Gigolo Showtime cast. Uh, two of the pictures for the cast members are uh, like prison photo. What do you call when you're when you get jail? Like a mug shot. Mug shot. Mm. One of them killed person. Oh yeah. Uh, Yikes. And when you watch it, it's the so one you'd Matthew expect. Broderick though. So you know, it's it's you know, yeah. Right. What did S- S- Stephen do? Oh, I'm I'm going down the. Uh, nah, actually, I I don't want to know. Because <laughs> some of them are very bad people. Brace Land. He's a he's a leathery old chap. Yeah, I'll I'll send you guys a photo of him, but he looks like, yeah, he's very red. Let's Do move we, on, yeah. because reality shows are all well and good, but we couldn't survive on them. But at the moment, um, some studios are putting in a position where they think that that's all we need. We don't need quality written content anymore. Yeah. Uh, Broad, as our resident sort of TV slash movie expert, you've had a bit of an eye on the writer strike that we're going through at the moment. 
Can you explain to us what it is and what the ramifications are? Beautiful. Okay. I'm glad you've teed me up like that because my first question is like, how much do you guys understand about what the writer's strike is about and what's happening? A, a little bit, like bits okay. and pieces here and there, but like I'm not all across it. I just know that it's something that needs to happen in this current climate, but probably sure. shouldn't have happened. For sure. My understanding yet. is because of studios' movement to streaming, mm-hmm. studios are getting richer, but because you can't find exactly how many times something's been viewed, that doesn't go down to the writers. Plus, streaming also makes the the written product, you know, those like the, sorry, the movies and TV shows and stuff that come out, very um easy to delete and get rid of. Yeah, that's that's. I'm not even sure. Well, I, it might be part of it, but certainly not the main crux of it. It definitely comes down to like a compensation point of view. But yeah, there is this. This is another thing that's happening in WB yeah. Netflix. And recently, Disney Plus Disney has Plus. started deleting outright shows. Like that Willow show, that sequel yeah. Willow show, six Maybe months after release, yeah. gone. Just That's gone. Cool. And, and never because been- it didn't do badly. Like it, got, it reviewed well. People watched it. It was a successful show. It, it, it found some some audience, I'm sure, but it would have been expensive and it definitely didn't take off the way Disney, I think, were hoping. And then, but what's crazy is when- it never gets a physical release, right? No one, as far as I'm aware, has been able to purchase and keep Willow if they're a fan of it. So if you enjoyed that show, too bad you can never watch it again. You can never get a friend to watch it or anything like that. It is just gone. It is a question of with Disney, though, whether they might be vaulting some of this stuff and might release it again later when it's relevant. But I think there's it's fair to say a lot of it's just dead. The Mighty Duck show they were doing, gone. Uh, Big Shot, gone. The Jeff Goldblum, World According to Jeff Goldblum, yeah. gone. Like, just like disappears. The 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 theory is they don't want to play, pay royalties. So, they get rid of it and then anyone who worked on the show, including actors, producers, writers, don't get compensated if no one's watching anymore. They can't ask for royalties. Anyway, related but different story. Okay. Overview of why screenwriters are striking. I've got three and a half pages of notes. Strap in. If it's getting too dry, please jump in, make a joke or whatever. (laughs) So basically the WGA, that's the Writers Guild of America, which is the union that represents writers for film and TV in the USA and the AMPTP, which is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, uh, who are the ones who negotiate on behalf of like movie studios like Disney, um, principal broadcast TV networks such as ABC and NBC and some cable networks and streaming services like Netflix and Apple TV+. Plus. They have an ongoing agreement uh, on work and payment standards for screenwriters in the US. The agreement was due to end on Tuesday, May 2nd. And for the six weeks prior to that, the WGA negotiated with the AMPTP on what the new agreement would be, but they failed to reach an amicable uh, conclusion to that, basically. So as of Wednesday, May 3rd, WGA members have been on strike. Uh, the basis for the screenwriter striking is to quote the AB Club article, The Writers Guild of America is on strike by Matt Shimkowitz. Excuse me for getting that wrong if I did. The lousy deal they've received in the streaming era is the main reason. Many of their concerns center around studios creating a gig economy in the wake of tech's takeover of the entertainment business. To quote the WGA press release uh, that came out, companies... Uh, companies' business practices have slashed our compensation and residuals and undermined our working conditions, and they are determined to achieve a new contract with fair pay that reflects the values of our contribution to company success and includes protections to ensure that writing survives as a sustainable profession. Uh, So basically, they want to negotiate a fair deal um, 
but because they won't do that, there was a strike vote. They're all on strike, um, and they want things like um, uh, an immovable stance. Sorry, they um, yeah want to make sure that just the writing isn't devalued. So studios have been refusal, refusing to guarantee any level of weekly employment in episodic television, which used to be the case. But since things have gone to streaming, it's like it just makes the water murky. TV yeah. shows aren't necessarily TV shows anymore, and because tech's yep. taken over, things release all at once or on different schedules. It's like they've been able to sort of come up with these lousy deals, these contracts rather than like long-term employment. Um, uh, they want to guarantee the creation of a day rate in comedy variety. So if you think of like writers who work on The Late Show or something like that, mm-hmm. um, to the to their stonewalling on free work for screenwriters and on AI for all writers. So they want studios to basically not allow for AI to be used as a tool within screenwriting, um, within television and movies. Um, and they've closed the door on their labor force and have opened the door to writing as an entirely freelance profession. So basically no one's getting secure um, or there's less secure jobs for writers inside Hollywood. Um, that means they're not getting benefits and those sorts of things. It means they could be on their ass at any moment and they're going from job to job. Um, they couldn't come to that deal. Um, so they went on strike basically. It's, um, um, it's, it's interesting because like it's very similar you were talking about like the, the the water's a bit murky in terms of like tech and streaming and things like yeah. that taking over and how re- things are being released and and consumed. Um, it's it that's also been an issue for things in animation because I remember seeing stuff about how animation gets instead of being released in season it'll be like season one part two season one part three because then for some like I don't know the the specifics but like they don't have to pay them for a new season. It's still technically part of one season or one series. And so they can pay them less. So it's that weird murky gray area of. Yeah. They've, they've taken the opportunity basically to just to, yeah, yeah, to dilute the, the, uh, or or figure out a way to just pay less basically. So like any. And it's been so blatant. Like there's no, when it comes to, how they're paying people. It doesn't really seem like a gray area. Like the model has changed. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, is always the, the problem though. Like this happens with the law as well. It's like tech gets ahead of where like policy is, legal policy is, governmental policy on these things. And then they got to go like try and catch up to that. And so they had an agreement that stood. It didn't cover all these things. They couldn't foresee how the the system was going to change, how the streaming service was going to completely revolutionize how we watch TV and film. And so now they're trying to catch up and studios are like, no, 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 we're happy with this. And the writers have to strike to get them to do anything about it. AI is becoming like, you know, obviously a big thing in like all these like chat bots and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've seen so many memes going around being like, you know, whenever you watch like a happy, like a cool futuristic show, the robots and AI are doing menial tasks. They're cleaning your house. They're washing your car. They're not making fucking art. Because that's what humans should do. That's the fun part. To show you how bad this is, I, for some reason, Google gave me like early access to their AI writing thing on Google Docs. <laughs> and I've asked a question of it, and I'm going to read it out. I've asked, uh, I'll give you the prompt, sorry. Write a show about Broderick, Jesse, and Joel hosting a podcast. Oh. And, okay. Uh-oh. Listeners, this better not be better than what we've produced today. This. Uh, <laughs> look, it's not a sexy. I did write. I'm um, hosting a sexy podcast, and it didn't give me anything. So I had to turn it down. I had to turn down Google. You know, G A Google. Um, this 
will be the the level of of showmanship you can expect when AI takes over and your favorite shows um, devolve into this. All right. The show is called The Broderick, Jesse, and Joel Show. <laughs> Strong start. Yeah. Yep. And it is a weekly pod- podcast where the three friends talk about their lives, current events, and anything else that comes to mind. They are all very funny. Thank you. And have great chemistry. Thank you. So the show is always entertaining. This is a good review. Five stars, <laughs> Spotify and iTunes. Yep. Um, <laughs> in one episode, they talk about their experiences with, experiences with dating. Broderick talks about how he is always getting stood up. Jesse talks about how he's always getting dumped. And Joel talks about how he has never been in a relationship. They also talk about their hopes and dreams for the future. One of them being probably Joel wanting a date. In another episode, they talk about their favorite movies. Broderick talks about how he loves action movies. Jesse talks about how he loves romantic comedies. And Joel talks about how he loves horror horror movies. They also talk about their least favorite movies. The show is always well received by listeners. And who appreciate their friend's honesty and sense of humor. It is a fun and easy listen that is sure to make you laugh. Here is a sample dialogue from the show. Oh my god. Broderick. So I was on a date last night and the girl stood me up. Jesse. That's rough, man. Joel. What happened? Broderick. I showed up to the restaurant and she never showed up. I waited for an hour and then I just left. Jesse. That's so rude. Joel. At least you didn't waste too much time on her. Broderick. Yeah, I guess so. Jesse. Well, there's plenty of other fish in the sea. Joel. Yeah, don't worry about it. Broderick, thanks, guys. Jesse, no problem. Joel, we're here for you. So that sounded fucking riveting for you. <laughs> okay? Look forward to fucking, you know, the AI version of Succession, because it's going to sound like this shit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay? If you think some of our bad episodes are bad, that was somehow worse. Yeah. Not by much. <laughs> Granted. Granted. But fuck me. <laughs> like, it's I, just I so- will say... Google Bard, I know that you 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 posted on on Twitter the other day about like putting in your uh, Twitter handle and and getting it to give you information. Mine's pretty bang on. Like the one that Google Bard gave for me <laughs> that was, was pretty close. like weirdly accurate. Um, but yeah, that's oh boy, that's not good. So do you guys know what the result has been for the strike so far? No. Like what what is what the strike means? So it's been three weeks, just under. A few right. shows have stopped, haven't they? Yes. So back to the AV Club quote: "The announcement means a near blackout of scripted content on television, with writers' rooms putting their pencils down and grabbing picket signs. First big problem for networks: late night shows will go dark or have gone dark now." The Jimmy Fallon committed to his writers at the Met Gala. He quoted the Fallon. I wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for my writers. I support them all the way. Seth Meyers, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert have all shop shop too. I guess James Corden finished up the Late Late Show at exactly the right time. Like just com- James just Corden some- also seems like somebody who would cross the picket line. Okay, um, a hundred, a hundred like he would have some scams oh, yes. working from here. He would be having AI run. For- I, I fucking hate James Corden. Absolutely. But, yeah. So we had we had the writer strike what early two thousands. Uh, yeah, I've got a segment on that as well. Okay, we, I'll, I'll hang up for that because I remember that some of the um, late night talk shows during that time were interesting. Sure. Uh, SNL's final two episodes of the season, which was set to be hosted by Kieran Culkin and Jennifer Coolidge, respectively, were cancelled. That's a fucking oh, tragedy man. because everyone loves those two. There have been yeah. delays on scripted shows heading into and even in production, such as Yellow Jackets, Cobra Kai, Big Mouth, Abbott Elementary, etc. Uh, some shows already filming will continue to do so, such as House of the Dragon and The Rings of Power, but those scripts better be incredibly polished and not require rewrite, rewrite, rewrites. Wow. 
because there ain't no rise to do it and nearly anyone else doing it is a, is scabbing and will be barred from ever being a member of the WGA or working with WGA members. So you just don't want to do that if you want to work with Writers Guild members. I couldn't imagine like off all those shows, if you were just looking from a really cynical, like how does it benefit the viewer sort of thing, the two shows that will crumble the most uh, yeah. with poor writing mm-hmm. are The Rings of Power, which a lot of people had criticism about the writing in it. First place. I liked it. Me too. And then we've also got uh, House of the Dragon. Yeah. Now, we saw how well that show goes when the writers give up on it. Well done, studio, you f- fuck knuckles. So The Rings of Power is kind of interesting because the co-creators, co-showrunners, and co-executive producers, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, will not oversee the show's final 19 days of shooting. Um, but they also apparently the creative materials, so the scripts were finished before the strike. So they can continue production. It's just, again, no one can come in and like rewrite them. If something's not working on the day, too fucking bad. Um, there are non-writing executive producers and directors, but they don't get to have that sort of influence because if they start doing it, then they're scabbing and then they're going to get barred by the WGA. Um, an interesting wrinkle in this strike is that apparently in the age of, quote, new media, scripts for shows are often done well in advance of filming, and so some scripts have supposedly been stockpiled by studios. Again, they better not need rewrites. Oh, God. Um, and would, who would be showrunning those shows? They would have no one. But they, there may be some leeway for production to continue for a while, which is interesting because it means the strike can potentially go on a little bit longer than maybe people are anticipating. Mm. Um, though what the quality of those shows would be, who the fuck knows? Um, we, ABC, we definitely have um, past experiences to go on. We do, and I'm nearly there. Mm. ABC has gone on an interesting route with its recent debut of its full lineup, which is also completely filled with, as you were suggesting earlier, Jesse, reality and unscripted shows. Yeah, Their whole full lineup is Dancing with the Stars, Celebrity Jeopardy, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, and something called The Golden Bachelor, which I believe is like like uh, Cougar Island or whatever it is, but like The Bachelor mm. with older people. Um, the only scripted show on the ABC will be reruns of old Abbott Elementary episodes on Wednesday nights. Everything else will be reality. Um, so, you mentioned 15 years ago... Uh, there was a WGA strike between 2007 and 2008. That action lasted 100 days and brought the industry to a screeching halt, shortening countless so- shows such as 30 Rock, which abruptly ended mid-season, and leaving many others in the lurch. Who here remembers Heroes Season 2? Oh, my I God. <laughs> yep. Yes. That show had the potential to be, like, the show. Yep. Like, it... it- I would argue there, the season, there is another the first season was the show. Yeah, it was. There was another Absolutely. timeline. We're up to season ten and still going strong. <laughs> Remember they brought it back. Uh, like, Heroes had Reborn, a featuring yeah. Henry Sabrowski from Last Podcast on the Left. Oh, I did not watch it. Okay, but Henry, I love you. Yeah, yeah I that that first season of Heroes was. I mean, aside, aside from stealing like Trunks's character from Dragon Ball Z. Um, that show was so cool. And yeah. I, there have been, I actually have seen a few shows since then that have plummeted as poorly as that in season two, but not many. Like the dip in quality with a shortened season and just obviously rushed or like half-baked scripts was super apparent. Mm-hmm. That was a tragedy. What do you guys know about Quantum of Solace and how it was affected by the strike? Ooh, That's a James no. Bond film. So- mm-hmm. 
This is taken, this little quote is taken from Kevin Jagernaut's, that's a cool name, uh, December 2011 IndieWire article on the subject. Quote, the script for Quantum of Solace literally arrived two hours before the start of the Writers Guild strike in 2007. According to Daniel Craig in an interview with Time Out London, that left the production in the lurch as nothing else could be done to fine tune the script. Uh, On Quantum, we were fucked, he said plainly. We had the bare bones of a script, and then there was a writer's strike, and there was nothing we could do. We couldn't employ a writer to finish it. I say to myself, never again, but who knows? There was me trying to rewrite scenes, and a writer, I am not. Me and the director, Mark Forster, were the the only ones allowed to do it. The rules were that you couldn't employ anyone as a writer, but the actor and director could work on the scenes together. They call that Quantum of Solidarity. (laughs) <laughs> we were stuffed we got away with it but only just i would argue they didn't get away with no, it that movie no. is awful <laughs> it's pretty bad it's not a great movie no is that did i'm trying to think because heroes were around this like golden time of television for me because we also had lost around that time mm-hmm. i was rooting to mm-hmm. house and there was another mm-hmm. show called jericho yes about jericho, the, the yes. going off and i found it yeah, really yeah, yeah. fascinating was that yeah. i'm gonna guess that was either just shit or the writer strike, did it? Um, it was definitely coming out. There was it was just a phase because of Lost, where all these shows had like big overarching mysteries and those sorts of things in them. There was yeah. Flash Forward. Do you remember that one as well? It was oh, like yeah. the the yeah, show that was trying yes. to be lost when Lost finished and like what last one season. I think it was like one of those rapture shows, basically, where some weird event happens and then no one knows why. But look at the world. Yeah, Jericho was one of those I think there was there was a lot of that happening at the time I don't know if they'd call that the golden age <laughs> it was me it was personally I think I was at peak watching television at that time it was, sure 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 it was the age of like the television cliffhanger I think that was brought back because I yeah lost was like every episode ended on like a, oh I need to watch one more I can't wait to next week and, and then the then one day moments. you stop watching and then a few years ago you decide to watch them all in a row and when it finishes you are not the same person you were. Because Lost has, and we've discussed this a few times, and I know you have an episode of this on um, uh, The Hunting Seasons. Um, Lost season one. Yes. Is incredible. One of the mm-hmm. best. Yeah, incredible season of television. Yeah. It's, it's like the best. And it's like small stories like, how do we catch fish today? How do we open these coconuts? And then it got all smoke monster and that, Little dweeb dude from fucking Save Pride Ryan was in there. <laughs> Had a lot of thoughts on that show. Big pile of fish. What? And then they're in heaven. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 the problem with that show was always, I think it was in its marketing. This is getting off topic yeah. for a second. But like, because every episode ended with a twist, every bit of marketing was like, what's in the vault? Or like, what's the deal with the smoke monster? And so by the end of the show, when you realize half the, the mysteries that were set up didn't have answers- it was like, well, hold on. What show were you selling me on? Because it isn't the one that the ads were talking about, which I found very frustrating. And also, too, like the fact that, again, off topic completely, but like they were like, oh, it's, it's, people were like, it, it, oh, it's definitely purgatory. Like, nah, it's not. It's it not was definitely that. originally purgatory and everyone got onto it. Yeah. <laughs> they had to change it. And then, and then they still and it was still purgatory kind of at the they end. They circled around to it again. Yeah. It's like, and okay. You know what? Well, like, if they just steed into it and said, yes, it's purgatory, you've worked it out because we have put context clues in here, we have yes. put some foreshadowing here, you've worked it out, well done, let's see how that all plays out. Brilliant. But when you decide, hmm, people are working it out because we've put these really like well-laid little Easter eggs in here, and like logically this is where it go, you get season eight of Game of Thrones. Correct. Oh. So, 
think about if you're on the fence about where you stand the writer strike. And look, us as viewers don't have as Who's much. Who's on the fence? Uh, I've seen people. The internet's pretty bad. You're you're off Twitter nowadays. Yeah, which yeah, is smart. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have a lot of people who believe that AI can do everything, and you know, AI because it is still, it, you know, it is borrowing, quote unquote. I've seen that used. Other people's art in itself is creating art, and who are we to say what art isn't? It? Shut the fuck up, you loser. Oh, I want to drop a name there, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> Was it Ben Shapiro? Oh, look. Speaking <laughs> of writers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I okay this is a complete fucking sidetrack but I don't care I got really addicted over the last few weeks to a YouTube channel called um, I Did A Thing which is like uh, like I'm a dude who makes stuff he's in, he's in Sydney he makes all these wacky contraptions but then I found out he has another channel with, with his mate called Boy Boy and these guys work with the Chaser a lot uh, and they just okay. do like little breakdown videos one of them they pay to watch um uh, ben Shapiro's sister puts out like sexual advice videos, like ultra conservative sexual advice videos, and they oh. watch it and they break it down. And it is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. <laughs> one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Even Ben Shapiro couldn't write this weird. And he's written some <laughs> weird fucking shit. But I digress. Hopefully, this can get sold out soon. Hopefully, what? students can realize that without writers, they are nothing. Um, did, did you know? Did you hear about SAG-AFTRA? The no. Screen Actors Guild of the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists is also due to have their current agreement with the AMPTP end on June 30. And in anticipation of the upcoming negotiations for that agreement, they last week unanimous, unanimously voted to authorise their own strike if things don't go well. It doesn't mean that the actors definitely will strike too, but it is on the table. So by June 30, you could have a writer's strike and an actor's strike going on. At the same time. And that's like Which, modern culture coming to a halt. Well, you were talking about yeah. like people who were against the strike. I did see that, I guess, a tweet or someone. Someone was angry at SAG because, not SAG, sorry, um, the the writers one, WAG, whatever it is, uh, WGA, about how they were saying they were selfish because people relied on television for their own mental health and stuff and like that. And there would that. be blood on their hands when people kill themselves. I've seen yeah. that. And I've, that is the worst take I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is just about, you know, pay, compensating people. The, one of the things I didn't talk about, but like there is ridiculous profits going on and less and less of it is going back to the creators basically, um, which is happening all over the place. You see this in like, you think about gaming studios who have these massive like earnings reports quarter on quarter, mm -hmm. more and more profit, but we have to sack 20% of like the workforce mm -hmm. and this sort of shit. Mm -hmm. And then they're doing the same sort of thing there where they're doing like more contract work, less secure work because they don't have to pay um, for like the benefits and those sorts of things, which is such a big deal. Like insurance, health insurance and stuff in the US, such a big deal through your employment. Um, and this is why game uh, game developers need a fucking union so they union, can start yes. doing these things as well. So at the totally. moment we have, Gaming companies that need to be unionized because they've been gutted. We have writers on strike. Actors could go on strike soon. Artists can't make art anymore because AI is taking over. Same with musicians. Mm. If something doesn't change, all you're going to have to be entertained by is podcasts, such as the Story Mode podcast, available on Spotify <laughs> and iTunes and all good podcasting platforms. Give us a like, and we will promise to never go on strike. Okay. <laughs> I was say, have you you've seen, you've already read an AI script and you've heard AI audio bots impersonating us we can definitely be replaced it's true yes i'm, I'm replaceable but 
And if the bar's been <laughs> if the bar's been lowered by everything else being so exactly average, you know. Well, moving on, you know what wasn't <laughs> average and had no need for writers? Fast X baby. Okay? <laughs> I went and saw part one of question mark for the final parts of the, the Fast and Furious franchise, Triple F. I went and saw it last weekend. Now, I want to um, go into this topic with us with a short little question for you guys, a short little game for you guys. I'm going to give you three things, and you're going to tell me which one of these things happened in Fast X. Okay. okay. First up, a laser robot is used during a fight. A laser Second, robot. A laser okay. robot. Dom Toretto saves the Vatican. Three, Dom Toretto flips a car with one hand. Which one of these things happens in Fast X? I, I kind of want to guess all of them happen. Um, yeah, I kind of do as well. But but I'm going to guess Dom Toretto saves the Vatican because I think in the trailers they mention that he's trying to blow up the Vatican. He that's, might fail. That's, that's my guess too because I'm pretty sure I have heard something along those lines. Well, you've seen through my ruse. All three of these happen, okay? And oh I would love God. to tell you, these are three of the most, more tame things that happen in the film. Oh, wow. I know, Joel, you are aware of the Fast franchise. You know what to expect. Broad, I fucking love it. What are your feelings towards Fast uh, and or Furious? I have only dabbled with Fast and or Furious. I've, I don't think I've ever seen the original. I don't think I've seen any of the first four films, honestly. I've seen five, six, and seven because I was told they were the good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I watched all of them in a row in a on a when I had a hangover staying. I, I think it was no, it was actually recovering from gastro, staying at a friend's place in um in Western Australia. Um, and then I think I tried eight, and it wasn't very good, and I stopped. Basically, I enjoyed I, five, six, and seven though. I never used to like action films. As I get older, I think I'm liking them because they are escapism, and it's not yeah, just escapism. Like I want to drive a fast car. I don't even drive a car. I don't care for any of that. I just want to turn my brain off for once because normally I'm thinking too much. Despite the things I say, I actually think a lot, which is detrimental at times. I like that these movies give me two hours of just empty. Empty himbo energy is what I've got during these films, okay? That's what I strive for, at least. I've seen one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, ten. You haven't I seen haven't five. seen the good ones, okay? Oh I will God. go back Seven, and all watch them eventually. But, you know, that, the whiplash of seeing them steal DVD players to fighting a submarine was fantastic. Sure. I don't go to these films for the story. Um, same with any action movie. If I'm talking to somebody about John Wick, I'm never, never like, oh, and then the table did this. No, I'm like, yeah, he killed a man with a fucking pencil. Like... You, you talk about the action scenes in films. The, yeah. the only one that, like, maybe the gray is Mad Max. I'll talk to people about the story of Mad Max, Fury. Yeah. It is the best action movie ever made alongside John Wickfall. Um, but, you know, other movies like The Raid. I don't know. He goes into a building and everyone's unhappy with him. And then he fights everyone. Like, that's the cool that's, part. That, that's, that's the story. That's exactly. It. Same, like, with, same with Judge so Dredd. Like, it's same, yes. same with um, Dredd. He goes in the building. Everyone's unhappy with him. He's a law. Yeah, Cersei Lannister okay, yeah. Lannister's is there and, you know, yep. all sorts of help breaks loose. Great film. Fucking Dread's so good. That's how I treat Fast, by the Fast and Furious films. They don't make sense mm-hmm. at all. They don't need to. They are escaping. Can I tell you my favourite part of, like, all of them? 
yeah. is, which you haven't seen, I realized it's the start of five. And it was like where I started to, and I was like, this is an amazing intro into like the energy I need to take into this franchise. The start of five, Dom Toretto has been arrested. He's going to jail. He's been in a yeah. prisoner transfer bus. All his mates, this is the very start of the movie. They need to break him out. So all his mates show up in cars and try to help him escape from this prison bus by causing it to flip dozens and dozens of times oh, yeah. with yep. all these prisoners chained to their fucking chairs, no seatbelts, no nothing. And what I love is when they then goes to the news report and it's like, amazingly, no one was killed. And it's like, you had to, you had to say that because that definitely would have killed, liquefied everyone on board. They didn't expect it's, it to flip so many times, but it was so cool they had to put it in the movie and they then had to justify it's, it. Yeah. It's they didn't kill anyone. They didn't Fast kill anyone. Five for two reasons. Fast Five is the one that's directly connected to this film. Yeah. 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 At the end of Fast Five, uh, Paul Walker's character, whose name escapes me, um, and Vin Brian. Vin- Brian, Brian, and Dom, they steal. Can't a see vault how you forgot cash. the name Brian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm but AI. I can't think of these complex things. Um, they steal a vault full of millions and billions of dollars um, from the Reyes crime family, and they drive it through Rio de Janeiro, destroying the city. There is a scene there because I have seen a, I've seen a lot of these films, but I haven't seen them in full. There is a scene when they drive around a corner, yep, mm-hmm. and it cuts to a woman in a cafe who sees this massive thing. I think this is almost the inspiration for um, Tears of the Kingdom because you can just drag big blocks around and smash everything. <laughs> but you see this massive safe coming towards her. The camera then cuts. You see this thing wipe through this cafe like like a hurricane. And oh, then yeah. Dom and Brian just look at each other, give each other like a knowing nod of like, we just killed some people there. Well done. <laughs> yep. But yep. this film is attached there because we see a few cars get knocked off a bridge. One of these contains... The son of the Reyes crime family. His name's Dante Reyes, played by Jason Momoa, who I sh- stepping away from maybe the heightened ex- experience that I've had here, is actually fantastic in this film. Mm. Genuinely one of the funnest villains I've seen in a movie for a while. Super campy. He chews through the scenery. He plays. Fuck yes. He is the best Joker I've ever seen. Ooh. Because he's genuinely un- unhinged, you feel like he could do anything at any given moment, and he he's just loving it. And my, my god, that man has some luscious locks and a great sense of fashion. Lots of silks he wears. Lots of silks. Does it? A lot of chains. Man buns. Does, does he put out any their mummans or any of that sort of some of his oh. highlights? Real. You know what? Without giving away too much, yeah. Yeah, I thought he, he might. I thought he had a few yes. lines in this. <laughs> they don't mind nodding to like the stuff in another actor's career. Sometimes I quite enjoy that that there is that like wink, wink, nod, nod. We know part. They do that with like with the Rock and with John Cena have both been. I know they like. There's some of their like finishing moves and stuff like that. I was gonna from- say John Cena yeah. does. Um, I don't know anything about wrestling, and I don't want to know anything about wrestling. <laughs> but there is a part um where John Cena does one of his finishes, and he knocks yeah. that man through the floor. Of- Building. It's, it's fantastic. Fucking awesome. Look, I don't want to give away too much story here. There's no real need to. Story. Um, the, yeah. It does separate the crew a little bit in this film. Uh, Vin looks party. like this is a, my complaints. Vin looks a little bit old. Is this going to be like the camera said this is part one of, of two parts? And then last week, Vin's like, <laughs> maybe part three. 
It's like, <laughs> you don't know what the fuck is happening here, just, do you? No, no, did he say he did that at the premiere in fucking Venice and was just like, ah, I'm gonna make a third Maybe. one. And everyone's and like, you know what? shut the fuck up, Vin. Like, <laughs> you know what? They could. <laughs> what are you doing? They could. Like, they have created this thing that doesn't need to have an ending. People don't stay dead in these films. People don't die yeah. in these films most time. Fuck yeah. They can do whatever they want. There is a part which is quite self-aware. There's two characters talking about the rise of what they call the family. And one of them says, this crew goes against God and gravity. Oh my God. And the whole I, cinema laughed because that is one of the most perfect lines I've ever heard. It's so, yeah. like, I just, I, I know everyone, you're both saying, it's like, oh, what story, whatever. I was like, I I love the story that is, that is there because it is so fucking dumb but so it wears itself on it, its heart on its that's sleeve kind of what so I mean. much. Like, and that's what's so good about it is it's like it knows exactly what it is and what it is trying to be, and it it is just so much fun, and it, it you can't help but get on board with it, and that's what like, I I marathoned them all. Like, I think when kind of funny started doing that in review of them, mm. I started watching them like, and I was watching like I wasn't doing much at the time. I don't think I was watching like one or two a night for yeah. a while there. And just like, just inhaling them, and I oh, fucking dude, I came you, out. You literally inhaling. You see what I'm drinking? Also, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I when see, yeah. I walked out of the cinema and I went to the bottle shop, <laughs> I bought some fucking Coronas because Fam- I'm part Fam- of the Fam- family Fam- with them. La Familia. When when I say these movies don't have a story, I, I mean that I probably said that a little bit loosely. They have a story, but you're right. They're bonkers. They don't make sense, and they don't mm-hmm. need to make sense. And that's one of the nope. things that's kind of annoying me. Is I'm seeing a lot of criticism towards the film. And look, if you don't like it because of the pacing issues and stuff like that, I, I get that more. But when people are like, oh, the story is crazy. Have you seen? Guys, there's 10 of these films. If you don't know what you're in for at this point, shut up. Maybe they're not for you. I get that. But like, I don't want to see reviews like, oh, story is all over the place. Yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. This absolutely. is the equivalent of, you know, when you're a kid and you have your Hot Wheels cars and you make them smash into each other and stuff like that. That's what yeah. this, this is. This is a toy box. This yep. is what I find interesting about these, though, because I think it's funny. It's, it's the Justin Lin ones that are, like, the good ones, right? Seven, eight, no, five, six, seven. Who, who I mean, directed those they're ones? They're all good, but, yeah, go on. Sure. Uh, I think Justin Lin, I think, was involved in a lot what, of those ones. Yeah, something like that. The I think the funny thing with a film, with a series like this or films like this that, like, so bonkers, just focus on the action, story doesn't matter, is that like, and the mess is kind of the point, is it's like, you know when you, have you ever done that thing where you like mix drinks like out of a post-mix thing into a cup to see what it tastes like? I have, sir, yes. Absolutely right. And like, it, there's a weird balance that needs to take place there. Sometimes it's definitely fun to put it all together. Sometimes it tastes great. And sometimes it still tastes like shit. And it's like, it's- you wouldn't expect it because it is about the chaos and the stupidity of it, but I do think there is a balance between good, stupid fun and like that's just stupid. I think that's where like people have fallen off the later ones. They started being, I think, also maybe finding the limits of what they can do with cars. And so people have started to go kind of sound fits in repetitive. They're coming out frequently. It's the same actors every time. The bad guys are kind of getting stale. I think that's a lot of the criticisms have been as well. Um, but Again, I've only seen a few of them. And I've actually quite liked the ones I've seen. Now, yes. I've just asked Google AI to write a Fast and Furious <laughs> film starring Broderick, Jesse, and Joel. And I've got a feeling we may all kiss in this one because they've called it The Fast and the Curious. Strap <laughs> 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 in, fellas. Broderick, Jesse, and Joel are three lifelong friends who love cars and speed. 
They've been racing together since they were kids, and they've always, they're always looking for the next big challenge. One day they hear about a secret race that's being held in the desert. The race is said to be the most dangerous in the world, and only the best drivers can compete. Broderick, Jesse, and Joel are determined to enter the race, even if it means putting their lives on the line. The race is a grueling test of skill and endurance. The drivers must race through the desert, over, over sand dunes, and through canyons. They must also avoid obstacles like cacti and rocks. It's like pod racing. <laughs> pod <laughs> Roderick, Jesse, and Joel are some of the best drivers in the world, but they're determined They're determined to win. They push their cars to the limit, and they race with everything they've got. In the end, Roderick, Jesse, and Joel are victorious. Somehow, all three of us. They cross the finish line first, and they're crowned the champions of the fast and the curious. I guess at this point, we all like kissing. They're all <laughs> thrilled to have won, but they're even more thrilled to have done it together. They've Aww. proven that they're the best drivers in the world, and they've also proven that they're the best of friends. <laughs> No family mentioned. No family mentioned. That's not a good script. Also kind of more like Mad Max Fury Road because it was all in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly enough like jumping between buildings or like going. It might be pulling from like the – it might be pulling from the first Fast and Furious movie where it was Uh, the the final race in the 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 desert. interesting named Race Wars part of the first film. Race Wars. Thank you. That's right. (laughs) What an odd film. It's called Race Wars. Um, I will say something though about Fast X before we move on. <laughs> this is going to be something that I haven't seen many people say yet, and I'm surprised that compared to the last few films, this film's a little bit restrained. See, that's it, the problem. It, Not mad enough. It doesn't go to space. There isn't a on ice submarine fight. Um, you know, you don't have Vin Diesel look. All the shots of Vin Diesel in the film are just him in the car. He's looking a little bit worse for wear. <laughs> He's getting older. You know? mm. Time makes fools of us all. Mm-hmm. But he, there's no real fist fighting with him. He's just mainly in the car looking worried in this film. Um, and I will say there's a right way to do a cliffhanger and a wrong way to do a cliffhanger and the Fast and Furious way to do a cliffhanger. And they've definitely gone with the latter. Um, tell me it's a literal cliffhanger. Like they, 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 they're hanging off a cliff. Please tell me that's what uh, they've done. He can, he can get off a cliff. Don't worry about it. His car has true, the best true, grip true, in the true. world. He can just drive vertically. I would, if you would like to know what the cliffhanger is, I'll tell you off air. Please. Um, but the fact that we don't have, like, the last film with a big cliffhanger that I saw was Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Infinity War. And we mm-hmm. knew that next year Endgame was coming out, so we only had to wait a little bit. We don't know when Fast X Part 2 is coming out, and we mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to be Part 2 or 3. So that mm-hmm. is a little bit annoying, but I'm also going to see it day one. I mean, I'm so happy. He's a thick. We've like we've all talked about like uh, before about uh, on shows and off shows about like the fact that Star Wars used to be special and it used to be mm. you know but then it became serialized and it came out all the time, um and it was just everywhere. Fast and Furious weirdly has that feeling still. Like it, that we we <laughs> don't really know when it the next one's coming. It's only this mainline series of movies. They've dabbled with like. Kids TV shows and video games that have been they did not they great. did Hobbs they did Hobbs and Shore as well they oh did do a spin off Hobbs and Shore the video well. games yeah. are so yeah. bad Kill and I stream one back when we were doing Twitch I need to I need to play one oh no don't please do not we beat the whole no, thing in like four hours and Crossroads apparently is canon as well like <laughs> uh, but nothing happens in it oh really how okay. is it canon nothing happens in it. That's that's, that's the biggest, are you saying that, are you the, saying the Britney Spears film Crossroads is canon in Fast and the Furious? Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> my God, um, That'd be fucking sweet. 
Look, if, if, if um, what's that English guy who, Joel, you can do the good impression of? Jason Statham. Yeah, can you give us some Statham? Dominic Toretto. You don't know me, but you're about to. If Jason Statham Not bad. can be Vin Diesel's brother in these films, Britney Spears could be his fucking mum. Like, it doesn't <laughs> need to make any sense. <laughs> uh, uh, look, that is the biggest Hello, crime I'm Britney. About the See? Mix the character. That's the biggest... That's the biggest crime about these uh, this franchise is that there is not a good video game. It seems like such a fucking slam dunk, and like, no one's you, done like, it yet. Like, but what do you make the like? People be like, "Oh, make a racing game." No, these movies are mm. much, much, much more than that. Mm. You basically it- the closest you get to a Fast and Furious video game is playing GTA with all cheats and mods activated. Yeah, like, true. That that's what mm. you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be able to like slam a fucking submarine to the side of a skyscraper or something. Do a GTA spin-off with like a Fast and Furious, like Rockstar, get on this. Like Tim Tim Gettys are kind of funny. I was listening to their review of Fast X today, and early on he was talking about there was a moment in the film where he literally thought Optimus Prime was about to show up in the movie. Oh my god. Yes. And now that's what I want. I want the Fast and Furious crossover with Transformers. That is that is the obvious and best possible evolution of this series. Wasn't there? I think, weren't they going to cross it with Jurassic World? Yeah, there was talks that we're going to do a crossover movie with Jurassic World. And I'm like, also, fucking A, because it reminds me of fucking Overdrift drifting into the dino dimension. And it's, it's which is like an old fucking YouTube shorts uh, series that is hilarious and you should definitely go watch. I love the idea of um, the, the crossover with Jurassic World and like, you know, like a T-Rex is a villain, like, you know, the, the Indoraptor is a villain. But then in the next film, it's at the barbecue with them because it's become part of the family. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> That'd be sick. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just, I was thinking about how in the first Jurassic Park film, the Raptors were smart because they could open door handles. What if they can like gear shift now? Like that's what we're up to. <laughs> I want to give cars. this film a little bit of credit before we move on to the next, the last topic. It pays homage to the first film, which I really like. Oh, good. Like there is a classic Fast and Furious drag race in this film. Oh yes! Don't they all have that? Don't doesn't every single one of them have a dra- have a like a race? Do I'm pretty sure they don't. They I, don't do. I know in eight they it opens up with the race for the uh, fastest car on the island, which is something I quote all the it's time. Very f- because every because every film has that bit where they look at all the fucking women in bikinis lined up around. Yeah, they, they, no, great film. Every single one has there that. There's a shot from I haven't seen Fast X yet, and I'm very excited to go see it this week, especially after talking about it now. Um, but there's a shot that um. From the trailer as well, that it does the thing. The from thing where it goes to each window, you see each goes through each of the windows yeah. and pulls back. Uh, I see. And, and also has the old school, the trailer. Um, you know, NOS cam, oh, where you see the NOS go the- through all the pipes and stuff like that. And it, it just it feels. God, I'm so excited nice. for this movie. <laughs> I'm so happy to see this but movie. I cannot wait. Let's move on. Let's move from vehicular combat to the mortal combat. Uh, mortal Kombat One got a reveal trailer last week. Mm. It was leaked and been rumored for a little bit. But it looks like we're getting a full-on reboot of the fighting series, which is mm-hmm. fan-goddamn-tastic. It's coming out September 19th, which is even better. It comes out in a few months. I love this. Yeah. And it cool. seems to be sort of the renaissance of the fighting game. We've got a Street Fighter game coming out very soon, which is mm. so good. And Tekken yep. as well. I remember mm-hmm. growing up, like, I was a Tekken kid, but everyone was playing Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, yada, yada. They were yeah. huge, and they've just they died off for so long. I'm hoping this is coming back. I'm hoping we get a Soul Calibur reveal soon. Mm. Soul Calibur. Yeah, Soul Calibur definitely needs to come back. I remember seeing I um, Soul Calibur getting played at a video game orchestra, and they had two people fight 
um, like live while playing the music behind it. It's very sick. Folk Club is mad. Uh, so we there was one recently. Sorry, there was one. There was one in the last few years. For we'll make one that's say. good enough to you know be in my my view for anyone to care about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I only oh, know because cool. I, I only know because the McElroys did a fucking Monster Factory in it. So I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, uh, Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boon did release uh, a few words regarding the game. He says, Mortal Kombat 1 marks a new beginning for the franchise and we couldn't be more excited to share this original storyline and fresh take on classic characters with our fans. We're also introducing our cameo fighting system, cameo with a K, Mm -hmm. which brings Mm -hmm. a unique roster of partner characters into the mix and we are looking forward to showing this feature as well as more new elements of the game very soon. Let's start with the start where he says we're getting a fresh take on classic characters. In the trailer, we see a much more peaceful world, at the start of the trailer at least, a much mm-hmm. more peaceful world than you'd expect from Mortal Kombat. Um, I so they were up to what Mortal Kombat eleven was the last yeah. one I would say. Yeah, they've skipped yeah. twelve essentially. And the lore was pretty out there. I think this is really good. There's been a fair few years between eleven and now. This is going to be a new jumping on point for people. The lore did get a little bit top heavy, uh, and it was yeah. just, it's, it's hard to break into franchise. Like I, I avoid franchises that have too many. Yes, Broderick. I, sorry, sorry. This is my way of saying I want to go next. The I was kind of because I'm confused about this because didn't nine restart yeah. the timeline? Like, have we done a reboot before There's, where it went back to the start? I nine, ten, eleven were basically remakes of one, two, and three. Yeah. Like, and this, like, this idea that's a fresh start's like, but you did this already. You're just doing it again, which is the bit that's confusing to me. And um, they got pretty wild with it because, yeah, eleven, from what I understand, was just like. Everyone was just in a blender. Like, yeah, I think that's the, they went too wild too quickly, and they thought, mm-hmm. no, we just need to scrap this. And rather than kind of making a remake of one, two, and three, we just need to start this new and go in a bit of a different direction. Sure, which I, I'm cool with. Like, I would be interesting to see if they introduce anything like Street Fighters Street Fighting Mode. I forget what it's called, um, but where it becomes, basically comes Yakuza. Yeah, World Tour. World it's Tour. so fucking good. I cannot wait to play that. I, I need... It's what else is Mortal so Kombat good. 1 going to introduce? Like, we have this whole um, cameo system, which I probably be characters jumping in and out and doing, you know, combo moves. When you stuff. say characters, though, right? Like, obviously, Mortal Kombat has a huge roster, but people are comparing it to, like, assist trophies in yeah. Smash Brothers. They've had obviously Injustice and Mortal Kombat versus DC or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, are we expecting that cameo fighters might include DC characters? Could they go full multiverses, which is the same company, WB, and we could see Finn uh, oh and my Jake God, that'd from. Be so good. Holy like, shit. Like, legit. Could, could, you, could you have fucking Arya Stark and like all these other characters that were in uh, multiverses also be cameo fighters that what? show up? It, that does kind of bring us to the, the next part. There has been a, a leak um, by mm. Amazon Italy of mm-hmm. the combat pack, uh, number one, DLC pack of, of characters. So we have um, a few, you know, known more combat characters. You give the shit. The interesting ones, Homelander, Peacemaker, Omni-Man mm-hmm. from Invincible. Fucking oh, yes. I, I could not perfect think choices. a better group of characters. Absolutely yeah. perfect choices. And I, 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 I've I seen really, a few like um, fan made edits of fights between Omni Man and Homelander, and they're very entertaining. Peacemaker, I kind of didn't expect, but it works so well. Yeah, yeah. And from what we can see really in the trailer, does. and look, actually, let's just move on. On the end of the trailer, 
I did say the start was quite peaceful. The end is brutal. It is one of the bloodiest trailers I've ever seen. I saw some screenshots of it getting pulled from Twitter. It oh, is. It, I've got a feeling that characters are going to have way more finishes than they have in past games. Just judging from, I saw a bit of a breakdown of the trailer, and they said that in most um, Mortal Kombat trailers, the finishes you see in the trailer are actually indicative of what you'll get in the game. Mm-hmm. And there are a few characters who just have way more moments in the trailer than you'd expect in the game. So I'm hoping we get some some really really cool shit here. I need. Has everyone everyone here seen Omni, um, Invincible? Yes. Holy yeah. Okay. Oh Brief God, spoilers yes. here for Invincible. So if you haven't watched it, I mean it's a few years old now. What do you think? Oh. But there the is a part where he kills a man. He kills a man by reaching in and grabbing his spine, mm-hmm. and from the most brutal things at the end, and then like. There's a massive explosion and he opens his hand and there's this, like charred pieces of bone in there. It is insane. I need that as a finisher. It's so- funny, pre- the way you describe that, that feels like Mortal Kombat's been doing that forever. Like that it's doesn't true. seem that different to what they've been doing. Like literally pulling people's spines out via their skull. What would like- be your finisher? What 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 I was- Yeah. Uh talking them to death probably uh, what it looks like it's, until their head explodes they're like just can't take it anymore shut the fuck up about avatar last airbender and they die yeah good name. i i like the the one i thought you were going to go a different way with the um the omni-man one um i just wanted to just, like see omni-man throw whoever he's fighting onto like into a subway yes and oh, that's just, what I was like, thinking too. push him through push them through a, yeah yeah like that's or what I was thinking. Push him into mm, a rock, too. start balloting him, and then do the meme with like pointing to oh, himself. Oh, mm-hmm. There's so many meme <laughs> moments here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And look, if you're going to have Homelander, then you've got to have um, you got to have Billy, Billy Butcher down the track. Surely, right? You've got to. I, I think the boys is such a, a good vein to tap into. The boys as, are as, the as, perfect as, property, I think. Yeah. And especially like mild spoilers, but like for the more, most recent season of The Boys, uh, it would work. Like, Ooh, yeah. yeah, definitely would work. Uh, Black Noir. But also, yeah, yo, even if I, like, when I saw that, like, Homelander was rumoured to be part of this, like, first combat pack, um, I was like, I'm a, I, I've always liked the idea of Mortal Kombat. I was always a Street Fighter boy. Um, but I, I, I would love to beat the absolute shit out of Homelander. <laughs> like, I'm being that, Homelander. That, Nah, I just want. I would just love to just have a couple of rounds and just be like, I'm gonna just fucking mash you into a paste. His, <laughs> his friendship finisher needs to be um, sharing a cup of milk. Oh my god! Uh, yes, be, uh, beautiful. That'd be so damn good. Can you guys top of your head think of any other characters you want introduced to this? They've gone so many good like violent options in the past yeah. in terms of, like their their horror franchise stuff. I assume they've done Predator and Alien at some stage. Yeah. It's it's. It's funny because they've all. Oh, yeah, give me like done, the bubble like, duck. Give me some new horror. Bubble oh, duck. Um, it, it it they've done like each game seems to have like revolved around like themes with some of their their like DLC characters. Like you said, with like they had like a, a big horror focus. I think with eleven or ten, um, and then like just like the the DC sort of um your typical DC sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. In, in another but this one they seem to be going that more sort of wider superhero route um yeah i i can't think of anything fuck it uh, dom toretto oh my god just drive this car in his car yeah. is his cameo and car sold the k mm-hmm. obviously and yeah. it comes in and helps him like it has oh this would be sick 
I was yeah. just trying to think like what WB actually has. And like obviously got Arya Stark in multiverses. So you could go like the mountain. I'm just thinking about the way he spoils for Game of Thrones, how he kills Oberon Bart- uh, Martell, which I think they even show someone like getting their eyeballs they do. squished in, their head explodes. Like, like, like that's a very mountain-esque kill. Uh, you could get something like that. I'm trying to think of other violent shit. Marceline. Hard, HBO. Let's get Tony Soprano in there. Holy Let's get shit. Tony Soprano in there. Why not? Tony Soprano v Dominic Toretto. Fuck that. <laughs> that. That would be the best. Could you imagine he goes to his finisher and the screen goes black? That'd be amazing. <laughs> that, that is very funny and I really want that to happen now. That's, that's, that's so, so good. good. No, 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 no. It's not when he's finisher. It's when someone's Finish about him. to kill him. Like the moment they're about to load the, the last punch, it just goes to black and then it's like, you win or <laughs> whatever. Like that's the end of the round. That's a fucking funny idea. But we're, we're sure to find out more about Very Mortal good. Kombat in the weeks to come. Plus, I mean, it comes out pretty soon. Mm. Before we do wrap up, though, the PlayStation Showcase is happening this week, this Thursday. So probably a few hours after you, this podcast is released because our timing schedule is off a bit this week. And I forgot when the showcase is happening. Um, <laughs> oh, these things happen. Uh, I want, top of your head, what is your PlayStation Showcase prediction? Larger than life prediction. Go for it. Reach for the stars, boys. Mine's not larger than life. I think we'll get a teaser for Ghost of Tsushima too. Ooh, Ooh that's a yeah, good. I'd like that. A teaser of some description. I mean, Ghost this, this is too. sort of their E3. Like they're, they're building mm-hmm. up as a pretty big showcase. So yeah, something like that a, would, would be pretty cool. It's it's over an hour long too. It's a, <sighs> oh, it's, chills. Yeah, it's a it's a big boy. So it's either that or um, we see a, a proper. Like early but proper look at Wolverine. Yeah, that I would make sense. Like, we're we're going to get Spider-Man. We need Spider-Man so. yeah, two Spider-Man. gameplay apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and then I think Final Fantasy sixteen will show up as well, and we'll get that oh. demo, and then they'll announce the demo as well. So Can we please get some Final Fantasy seven rebirth. Ooh. I know it's not it's not out there because it's meant to. They were talking about coming out this year, but I really really want that. Um, That's a possibility. Things that come to mind, I. I've ever since they did the Spyro remakes, I really want them to try and make a new Spyro game like they did Crash 4. Mm. I'd love to see if that might be coming. I know it's not Sony exclusive anymore, but I always think of it as Sony because of the PlayStation. But the other one that comes to mind, and this is a little bit left field, I want them to have another go at PlayStation All Stars. Like, Thank you. Yes. Like, that wasn't good. But I think let's it's give time. it another crack. Right. I think it's time for another crack. I think I they've think built time. up enough franchises and IP. Like you get Ellie in there, you get Nathan Drake in there. Yep. You get, I think Ethra is in the Jin, first one anyway, but you're like, Jin from Gene, you know what I mean? Aloy. Yeah. The new version of Kratos. Like there is Bane, a lot of Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man. James Spider Man. Yep. <laughs> I think there's enough like characters tied to PlayStation now and even look outside of PlayStation. Why not open it up? Do what Smash did and get outside Nintendo stuff, get outside Sony stuff as well. I, I want to see them try that again. Just peeling back the curtain a little bit, um, Broad, whenever I'm in Discord and I'm like floundering, being like, there's no news this week. What are we discussing the podcast? Can you pitch that as an idea and we'll just do an episode where we cast the best PlayStation <laughs> All-Stars cast possible? Fuck yeah. Sure, and we put sure, it up like against it Microsoft's best and Nintendo's best. Oh, I like this. I mean, there's no... No competition. That'd be Nintendo all the time. But sure, 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 sure. We can do that. Yeah, Kirby is. No strong. one has more iconic characters. Than I don't care Nintendo. about being iconic. They need to win the fight. Oh, okay. You just want to like battle it's royale. It's a brawl. It's a death match. Okay. Drop them all on the okay. island. Sure, 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 sure. I'm yeah. going to Kirby go win, but yeah, big with my guess here. And this is based mm-hmm. of one tweet, which was 
look, I know this won't come true. And it wouldn't even make, make sense to be a PlayStation thing. So I don't even know what I'm saying yet, but I'm going to. Halo 6. <laughs> um, the PlayStation official Twitter account tweeted out that Vice City came out X many years ago. And they very much put out uh... the fact that it was announced around this time and came out just months later. The fact that they mm. added that in was a bit weird to me. And I'm like, oh, look, it doesn't make any sense. We wouldn't get it. But a trailer for GTA 6? I mean, have you heard the, the leaks that came out recently? Like, the game yeah. looks a lot more complete than it was last time. Also, to take to uh, expecting their 2025, like, revenue to be substantial. Like, their, their targets are substantially higher. Mm. So people are starting to speculate that maybe GTA 6 isn't that far off. And I don't think that's, it's pretty wild, but I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. I, I think an initial teaser, because we've got mm. no official teaser. We've just got the leaks, right? Yeah. But, yeah. I think I think, initial, I think initial teaser is a possibility. The only thing that goes against it is that Rockstar are very much like Sony. They and do their own do thing. do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, we could finish recording now and look on Twitter and there's a fucking t- a countdown clock I'm gonna look on right the now. website. Okay. I'm look right now. Also, while I'm doing this, if we're going to put out dream, um, uh, you know, wishful thinking into the universe, if Jack 4 gets announced- uh, I didn't say Jack because I knew, assumed you were saying Jack. Yeah. Look, I will suck your sheet of dick. Like, I, I don't give a fuck <laughs> at this point. Um, no, I'm looking at um, Twitter and top trending is Rolf Harris. So, whoa. Did he die? Did he die? (laughs) Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. (laughs) Oh, shit. Wow. Live on air. So, live Rolf Harris dead on air. Uh, Mr. President, a second Rolf Harris has has hit hell. Um, Put your wobble wobble boards out. No, don't put anything out for this fuck. Into the bin. That's, hey, yeah. I'll say it. Enemy of the show. <laughs> yeah. Enemy of the show, yep. Rolf Harris. Yep, absolutely. Oh. And with that, what better place to wrap up than that? <laughs> I just wanted a GTA. Imagine they were like, okay, guys, time to uh, launch that GTA 6 trailer. Just make sure there's nothing in the news. Oh, no. <laughs> no, back off, back off. Oh, now, if you want to hear us declare other monsters dying, we are on Spotify and iTunes. I was going to go on Celebrity, but no, fuck that. We are on Spotify and iTunes, so subscribe and leave us a review. Actually, we're not even just on Spotify and iTunes. We're on all good and bad podcasting platforms. We're everywhere. So find us everywhere you can. Give us a review. While you're there, look up Dialogue Options, our more gaming-centric podcast, hosted by the lovely Joel and Kyron. Uh, we're we're going to be covering the PlayStation Showcase this week. Indeed. So keep an eye out for that. Also give them uh, some, some love. Your reviews and your shares do really help us with the algorithm. Um, and we are, we are seeing, you know, a bit of a, a lift in, in listenership, which is fantastic. Um, so thank you. To thank everyone. me later. <laughs> it's that sex appeal in that voice. <laughs> uh, if you want to keep up to date with us on your socials, I can't be fucked with Facebook and Instagram anymore. But we are on Twitter, which is surprising I can be fucked with, at AUS. So give that a follow. You'll see all the, all the comings and goings, all the new podcasts we, we post. Um, and I mean, we recently had a competition. We'll do some more comp- competition soon. And I have some ideas with my other things. So keep an eye on that. Give us a follow. We are, of course, on Twitter. Well, most of us are on Twitter individually. I'm at Jesse Spanner. So come say hello. Joel, where are you? Uh, I'm at Jolly Mac. And Broad, I guess you still have Twitter. 
Yeah, I'm I'm there. As I described on Dialogue Options last week, I'm kind of trying to be like a, a Twitter ghost. I, I I'm there, but I'm not there at You're the same time. Earth. I'm I'm at B Gordas B G O R D S. Um, I will come on if I have something I really want to talk about. I was on my alt Richmond account all over the last 24 hours, which is a different story. I'm sorry, tell you that one. your what? My alt yeah. Tigers account, Richmond Tigers account. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, a, f- second breaking news have hit the towers. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I have a I have a nuffy Richmond account. It's great. Um, yeah, um, it's my favorite. It's it's Tiger Twitter is like my happy place. It's very well manicured. I know dickheads policy there. I just follow the good ones. And it's tell you what. Oh boy, there have been some very happy times in my life that I've shared on Tiger Twitter over the last six, seven years. Jesse, you'll know one day maybe with Essendon, but right, for, you've been through three <laughs> premierships. You know what it feels like. Oh, okay. Yeah, how many? How many do you, were you alive for? I'm very old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very old. <laughs> um, I think what yeah. he's he's the Bubba Yaga of Twitter. I I am, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, every now and then, I will slip in my, someone. I will slip in where I have something really important to say, <laughs> and then I'll fuck right off and delete the, the any traces I was there. <laughs> I've literally deleted. I had all of my previous history, like six thousand, seven thousand tweets, something like that, deleted off my account. It's just the ones I've put up in the last month. I just like to imagine. It's Broad really like, nice. Like something gets an S in the news, and he just goes, "All right." It's like him down in the basement, hacking into the concrete. There's a phone in there. He just pulls out, pulls it out, it types really in "Roll Harris?" Question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation point buries it again. <laughs> <laughs> All of his, all of his Mario movie praise gone. Um, yeah, it's gone. It's disappeared. Gone to the ages. All right, let's wrap it up there. I think that's that's everything. I think that's everything we could possibly talk about today. Um, listeners, thanks for tuning in. It's a bit of a weird one. Uh, I was gonna say watch some things, but look, there's nothing on during Horizon Strike. So play some games, listen to some music. I don't know. Listen to this podcast again. Give us two listens. I don't know. But uh, Broad Joel, thank you for joining in. And everyone listening. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. We'll catch you next week. Yeah. Stay safe. Bye. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Bit my lip, bro. I did a kiss. That was weird. Yeah.